Welcome back to the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Debra, and today I am joined by Matt Collins and Brian Joyner of Over the Monster for episode 63. Guys, welcome back to the nothingness that's happening here with baseball. How are you? Wonderful. I, I adore nothingness. Did you guys have a, a nice NBA trade deadline today? Uh, no, the Celtics didn't do anything, so it wasn't that exciting. I did like Gabrielle Union being like, basically being like, I do not have to go to Cleveland anymore, and I'm yeah, I'm sure she was psyched about that. Twitter, yeah, yeah, that was great. I'm sure it was psyched about getting out of Cleveland too. He gets to go to uh, the Lakers now, which is probably where he wanted to be all along. So that's kind of nice for him. But yeah, very very quickly about that is, I do feel like there are some players in sports who can get away with the thing where. If I'm on good teams, I'm going to be dope. And on cool teams, I'm going to be great. And if not, it's not going to work out. I don't think it's an attitude thing with IT, but I do think that um, it's just a better fit. And it's cool to see he can pull that off. That's that's all I'll say. Yeah, I'll, I'll always root for that guy, except if the Celtics are playing the Lakers. And then I'm he's my favorite Boston athlete I was going to say Matt Collins is a big fan of him Um, I have a drawing of Isaiah Thomas right over my bed that watches every night do you like him or Jalen Brown more Uh, Isaiah you love Jalen Brown right I do but this is not the Celtics podcast guys that's right. And, uh, you know, a, another Boston athlete that might be, well, a potential Boston athlete is J.D. Martinez, who could come here and could be a superstar. Uh, that was not I, a smooth segue. No, it was not a smooth segue at all. Um, but, you know, J.D. Martinez is really interesting because I think that there's a big gap between how baseball people see uh, J.D. Martinez and how the casual fan sees him. And especially... Um, I think that disconnect is pretty large uh, with all this contract stuff going on and people see that he's getting offered $120 million and they're like, well, how is this guy who was cut by uh, the Astros, you know, not accepting this contract and, uh, you know, waiting out? So I think there's a lot of negative energy going around here with people um, thinking that he might not actually sign. And then reports came out that he's getting frustrated with the team. Dave Dombrowski denies that there's any frustration there and that they're actively negotiating with Scott Boris. So I wanted to know, how do you guys see this situation sort of shaking out? Because it seems like we've been talking about this for four months now or something crazy. I kind of feel like it's going to end soon. And I don't know if it's going to be with the Red Sox because... Apparently the Diamondbacks are getting in on it a little bit more. They've offered him a one-year deal, which I don't really understand why he would take a one-year deal. Um, but they also have offered him a five-year deal worth a little over $100 million. There was a report today from Bruce Levine, I think it was. I think he's a Chicago guy, but he had a report that the Red Sox offer was actually 5 and 110 instead of 5 and 125 Either way, there's a lot of leaks coming out, and it's been a little more active lately than it had been all winter, so it kind of feels like something's going to happen soon. Um, I would say I'm cautiously optimistic it's going to be resolved in the next week. Um, As far as him being fed up or whatever, 
at this point, I I want the Red Sox to sign him, but a little part of me will be relieved if they don't, not because I don't want J.D. Martinez, but because I already know there's going to be a part of the fan base and the media that's just waiting for him to fail. And I'm just exhausted with that whole back and forth between players and media and fans. And I don't know. Part of me doesn't want to deal with it, but also part of me wants to see home runs. So, yeah, that's what I have to say. Brian, how about you? I agree. And I I think that Arizona being in it too uh, is a makes it very stark for him as as to where you know sort of what he's looking for now the Diamondbacks were pretty good last year so that's not a uh, bad situation but if the way the Red Sox are going about their business right now is unappealing to him I have to think and sort of this is sort of what Matt alludes to is that the Red Sox are pretty confident about the way they're doing business right now. And I don't know if I agree with it or not, but they seem to be pretty confident in what they're doing. And if they end up not getting Martinez because they are confident in an umbrella plan that does not necessarily include him. I like Matt. I'm okay with it just because I want it to be done. I also, I don't know that if all of this, you know, I thought about this yesterday cause I was writing about it, but I don't know if all this would have an effect going forward. And my instinct was no, that once the games start, he just becomes a baseball player and he doesn't care about the administration. You know, all the stuff that happens when you're signing a contract and joining a new team is upfront stuff. And then and then you join the team and then you move on. But I do wonder at this point if there's just been enough of that stuff that um, like as as Matt is alluding to. If the well is poisoned, I don't see any reason he needs to jump into it. And if it's not, and he still does, that's great. But it's sort, it's really hard to tell where we are right now. Yeah. I, I guess my thought on this whole thing is that I don't really buy that there's as much frustration as is being uh, presented by, by various people uh, in the media um, on his part. I think this is clearly just negotiating tactics. Everybody knows that this year in particular has been really difficult from a labor perspective. I mean, there are so many guys. You could field an all-star team almost with the amount of guys who are still unsigned out there. Um, And I think we've seen with players like David Price, I mean, his contract negotiation probably couldn't have gone much more smoothly. They signed him to $217 million. He came in here. Uh, happy as a clam and then you know he ends up pretty frustrated with um, Boston after a year as well so um, I think that that contract stuff while it matters in the negotiation matters um, I don't think that it's really indicative of how somebody's time is going to be here in Boston and I do definitely 
get what you guys are saying. You know, if he signs a deal and he comes here and struggles, there's going to be that part of the Boston fan base that is just relentless on him because of how long drawn out this process was and because of the reports. But, um, you know, I think he's a good baseball player. I think he's just going to come here and and he's going to hit if he does decide to come here. Yeah, first of all, I'm actually probably of the opinion that it's less likely than it is likely that he comes here. Um, Because a big part of me just feels like if it's taken this long, and it was the most obvious, and it was Occam, Occam's razor that it's not, it's no longer the case. Um, but at the same time, the David Price thing is different. I mean, I think it is very clearly different in that the Red Sox paid David Price market value. And if the Red Sox went in and paid J.D. Martinez at, at what I think most people would consider recent historical market value, they would have him already. But that's not – there's a whole separate thing going on at the same time where the owners are trying to, I think pretty clearly, drive down salaries. So it's not just the Red Sox will to win or to spend. It's that weighed against uh, a, a sort of an umbrella trend. I don't think anything – I think just this offseason is weird because so many things are happening. And that's why nothing is budged even to – we're the point that the regular season is starting up again before uh, Martinez or you Darvish even has a home. So what do we think is a recent contract comp for a guy who is on the wrong side of 30, a very adept offensive baseball player, but a guy who has a lot of trouble fielding? Because I can't off the top of my head think of a player like that who has gotten, you know, 100 and Fifty plus million dollars on the open market. The guy who I'm, who is coming to mind. I mean, he's like five really days. He's like five days. I mean, he's not five days, but he's like barely on the wrong. Yeah, side. Yeah, I think wrong side of thirty is overselling it a little bit. I mean, he's thirty. This is age thirty year. But so. how old was Manny when he came here and he signed that contract with the Red Sox? I think it was what it was a hundred and sixty million dollar contract. JD uh, Martinez is no Manny Ramirez. No, he's not. But Manny was. Manny was twenty nine. So Manny was right around the same age. Manny was a better offensive player, probably about the same in the field, and Manny got $160 million how many years ago? That was almost 20 years ago. That was 2001, so. I don't know. I mean, that that makes you think, though, as to what his value actually is. Well, but at this point, well, here's here's the thing, and I wrote about this for Over the Monster, but – and I won't, I'll try not to get political here, but the people who are paying these salaries are the people who decide what everyone makes. So, um, that, you know, if you're talking about what players make compared to what they made in the Manny days and the A-Rod days, uh, it's, it's obviously an incredibly strange comparison because you would expect the numbers to be much higher now and they are not. And then, um, on top of that, you don't even need to go back that far. You can go back one or two years. You can go back to David Price, and it doesn't the the market doesn't bear any resemblance to that. So, um, th- that's a very all I'm saying is that when we're comparing across eras, like we can't even compare across periods of like my daughter's lifetime. Um, of three years like it's just 
things can change on a dime. And well, Suspedis got what? hundred million. Almost thirty million a year. As a thirty-year-old, thirty-one-year-old. Right. I don't and know if JD's Mark, better than him. I he's a better hitter. But is he better as an all-around baseball player? He's Probably. around the same, at least. Right. Both have trouble staying in thirty million a year versus, if this report is right, five years, one hundred ten million. I mean, that's crazy. And I mean, you can read between the lines on things too. And uh, teams probably, um, if JD Martinez was a free agent at the same time as Suspedes was a couple of years ago, and was otherwise the same as he is now, would probably make considerably more more money than Cespedes is, or not considerably because we're reaching the ceiling of what people are paying to. But there's no exuberance now. I think the, the general point is there's no exuberance now, and it did exist as recently as twenty, you know, the 2015-2016 offseason. Well, I, I guess my question is then, the overwhelming trend around the game has been one where uh, young players come in and succeed much earlier than we were used to them seeing, and we're seeing players not perform as well into their late 30s as we used to, especially during like the steroid era. Um, and I'm wondering if we've hit a tipping point where there have been enough of these contracts for guys that the back end has been so catastrophically bad, even though they build that into the contract. Like You understand that you're going to get more than whatever the value is you're playing for these guys at the beginning part of the contract, and you know that the last part of this contract is just going to suck. That's kind of how it is. But I wonder if we've finally hit a point where owners are like, all right, so 85% of these deals that we actually signed for these guys aren't paying off for us, so maybe we need to rethink what the market value is for these guys because it's not like you know, the Red Sox aren't offering this deal, but three other teams are, and he just like wants to get the most money from the Red Sox. It seems like his market is pretty much the Red Sox and the Diamondbacks at this point. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's what's happening, and I think it's awfully strange that every team is coming to this conclusion at once. I mean, people keep pointing to analytics as if they just entered baseball. Like, these teams have had these analytically-minded people in their front offices for a decade, two decades. I mean, this is this is nothing new. I don't know. I I think. I mean, let's. I, we're talking. We haven't said the word yet, but we're obviously talking about collusion. I'm not gonna say there is collusion but i think that what you're saying is what a lot of people are saying and i think it's fair but i mean we have to acknowledge that it's all happening at once and it doesn't make any sense um basically i don't think i think people are too quick to give the league the benefit of the doubt here yeah, much. I get what you're saying. It's like th- there's really nothing meaningful that has changed in the analytics landscape between this year and last year. Like, why didn't this happen the year before, or the year before, or the year before? You're right. It does seem really odd that it seems to be a league-wide trend all at the same time, really for no particular reason that we can point to. It's not like, you know, we've been through this a million times on the podcast. It's not a particularly weak class. It's a fine class. There's it's not like teams are hurting for money. Everybody's got these new TV deals. Um, it's not everybody a cap got 50, issue. every team got fifty million dollars uh, 
at the end of the season. So we should mention that, that this off season with no spending is coming as teams all just got cut a check for $50 million because of the sale of a uh, MLB advanced media. So, hmm. yeah, that's something to think about. I mean, I, I guess the, we don't really know what's the cause of it and it could be collusion as Brian wrote today. And if you haven't read his article, I hope that you will go and check that out because it is a good read. Um, but uh, the, I, I don't even want to say it is collusion. I just am frustrated by how quick people are to just dismiss that right away right. without giving it any thought. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that a business that's worth this much gets... It wouldn't be the first time this business has done it. Right. Yeah, that's a very good point. It wouldn't be. It's certainly not unique. Um, but I guess the, the, the thing we have to decide is like, all right, it's probably not going to change for this season, but going forward, I mean, what is the solve here? Is it to shorten the amount of years of team control from like seven or six years to four years? I don't, I don't know what it is, but clearly guys have to hit the market sooner than they're hitting the market. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, that's why everybody's talking about a strike in the next CBA. I don't know the answer either because, I mean, I think it would be great if they shorten the team control and players could hit free agency after a few years. But I think there is a valid concern about small market teams and teams like the Yankees getting, and the Red Sox, getting these players all in their primes too. So I'm not smart enough to come up with a solution, but it's pretty clear that the system right now is broken and something needs to change. I think the best solution I've heard would be something like restricted free agency. Mm-hmm. But even that, I'm not sure how it would work. So, But something's definitely going to change in 2021 when the new CBA has to be signed. Yeah, something's got to give, that's for sure. But, you know, I've been uh, just getting back to the J.D. Martinez thing. I think we're all feeling much less confident about J.D. Martinez eventually ending up in Boston. Sort of the line uh, that there's been since we started doing this podcast in the offseason was all right, it's just taking longer, but he's ultimately still going to end up in Boston. But I remember on the first podcast that we did when we talked about this, um, I thought Arizona was serious competition for him because he did so well there, because he fit in really well with the team. They're going to let him play the field. Um, it's a good lineup. It's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of great things about it. The guy just hit 45 dingers, most of them playing there. Um, so I think he really likes that team. And I think the, the, that the offer for Boston has to be significantly better to draw him away from that situation. But I don't think that that's uh, outside the realm of possibility because if you're looking at this from J.D. Martinez's perspective, this is realistically the last big contract that he's going to get. And, and also, you'd think that he would want a deal that's going to lock him up for five or six years, not one with an opt-out. I don't even think at his age that he really wants to have an opt-out after like age 32 or something like that um, at this point. I I don't see how that would be in his best interest. Well, I mean, you always want the opt-out because worst case, you don't take it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, if it's a player opt-out, he'll always want it. But I agree that the Diamondbacks are more of a concern than I thought they were going to be. I would still say the Red Sox are the favorites because they're the Red Sox, but um, the Diamondbacks are in win-now mode, 
And if the Red Sox really aren't going to budge off their offer, then and if the right now they're saying the offers are close between Arizona and Boston, so if they're close, I agree with you. He'll pick Arizona. Yeah. Uh, what would you put your percentage at, confidence-wise, that he comes to Boston right now? Uh, 52. 52. Brian, where are you at? Much lower, like 30. Uh, I think that um, the fact that Arizona is in it would not be um, encouraging even if he didn't play there. And the fact that he did is extremely discouraging as much as I like to bag on the Phoenix area. Uh, it is very popular with athletes, um, like very popular with athletes and any sort of, um, uh, extracurricular. That's not the word. I just can't think of it. Uh, advantage he gets from playing somewhere. I have to think that Arizona is going to, or Phoenix is going to have it for him over Boston. And on top of that, as Jake said, he, he was very good there. And the negotiation with the Red Sox hasn't, haven't, hasn't gone well. Um, I might agree with Matt uh, on the percentages if he wasn't a free agent. Um, but I guess mystery team is always in play. I just part of the this off season that has sort of screwed with my head is that as the moves that have happened have sort of come out of nowhere, the Brewers moves specifically. Uh, as much as I want to sort of stick to what we think is the status quo. Um, I'm very uh, I'm I'm sort of ready for anything to happen, so that's that's why I'll say 30 percent because I still think much as like a 300 hitter is a good hitter, 30 percent is a is a fine percentage at this point, but I don't think it's more likely than it isn't. What do you that's, think, Jake? I'm gonna say 60 percent. He still comes to the Red Sox because at the end of the day, I think that. This is the guy Dombrowski wants, and I think that if it comes down to Arizona offering him, say, 110 or 120, I think that the Red Sox will look at that offer, whatever it is, and decide to go, you know, 130 or 125 or whatever it is. Um, and I do think, considering that this is probably his last big contract, that if the Red Sox, say, go 10 or 15 million over whatever the Arizona Diamondbacks are offering, I think that's enough of a a gap that he will choose the most money. And I still think at the end of the day, the Red Sox have the most money to offer. So I'm going to go with that point. Um, but I think that what you said was really intriguing, Brian, about, um, you know, the possibilities that have opened up now that Milwaukee is out there. We heard that weird trade rumor that um, was potentially discussed with Edward uh, Encarnacion getting swapped for JBJ. But you look at that, um, Milwaukee outfield and they've got Domingo Santana they've got Ryan Braun they've got Lorenzo Cain um, they've got uh, what's his name there uh, the other guy uh, Yellick Yellick yeah Yellick um, who's awesome so you can't play all these guys so you have to in your mind at least consider the idea of like what if these guys try and make a run at Domingo Santana instead and 
there there are a lot of other possibilities out there. So it's not to say that if they don't get him that they're going to be royally screwed. I mean, I think he's the best option, but there's still other things. Yeah, I kind of think if they don't get Martinez, they're not going to do anything. I don't know why I think that, but... I, I agree. For for what it's worth, I totally agree on that. Thank you. Uh, I wrote about the Brewers' possibility a couple weeks, right after they got Yellick and Kane. Um, and it makes sense on the surface until you kind of start getting down into it. I don't think Braun is a realistic candidate. And then Santana... I like Santana, but what the Brewers want are trying to win now, obviously, and they need pitching help or second base help. The Red Sox don't have second base help that they're going to want. And then you go to pitching, and then you're talking about Eduardo Rodriguez probably plus another pretty good piece, and I don't really know if I'd want to do that. Um, so I don't really think the Brewers are that realistic of a trade. Wait, oh, I'm not even be. talking about a. Tra- I wasn't talking about a Brewers trade. I was just saying that um, what has happened this offseason outside of um, the legacy process things, which I wrote about, which is the Shohei Otani. There's a very proscribed process for a Japanese or international player, but mostly Japanese, coming to America, and it worked out, and then. The Stanton thing was a very special case. Um, outside of that, those two things, the only movements that have happened to me have just been the Brewers. Uh, and my point was that with Martinez, I, I don't think a lot of us – now may, maybe Matt did, but we didn't see the Brewers things, uh, trades and signing coming. And that with Martinez, I wouldn't – close the exit ramps to to everyone but Arizona and Boston even if they seem totally likely just because we're so late in the game that surprises might be around the corner just by the nature of where we are yeah you're absolutely right a surprise team could pop out of absolutely nowhere and and get into this thing it just doesn't seem likely at this point but Matt, to get to your point about Ryan Braun not being a possibility, are you saying that a team with a perceived likability problem shouldn't go out and sign Ryan Braun or trade that was, Ryan uh, Braun? Yeah, that was pretty much my main point. I don't <laughs> think he's really good enough to be worth that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got yelled at in the comment section for even like speaking his name. So that yeah. should tell you how much people want. And to be clear, I'm on board with them. Ryan Braun's dink. I don't really want him on the Red Sox. Yeah, I haven't owned him on a single fantasy baseball team since he embarrassed himself with throwing that guy under the bus. So, yeah, he's a he's a despicable human being and not Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. If we're going to deal with shades of gray here, I'll just say this. I said this on the last podcast because I can remember talking about it. I remember exactly where I was on the road. Not important. <laughs> um, but I'm a, you know, I'm a Barry. I love Barry Bonds. Steroids don't bother me. I did think Ryan Braun was a piece of crap for what he did. However, terrible human being. I'm not sure. And more importantly, 
He may be a dink, but he can hit. He's a ta- like he's getting older. Sure. He's he's a guy who can hit a baseball, and if he could help the Red Sox, I'm all for it. I'm really thinking of the uh, Twitter mentions that will flow into the Over the Monster account. They did trade for him, and I don't need that in my life. So, Yeah, I, I don't want him, Brian. You can take him. I'm taking a hard line on this. No, and, if, and if he comes, I'm going to write lots of very positive things about him because I'm <laughs> not going to read the comments, so Matt has to deal with it. Thank you. All right, well, let, let's move on to Eduardo Nunez here. Um, the Eduardo Nunez has also not signed, and I think that He's a realistic possibility for the Red Sox, more realistic than we originally thought right after the end of the season, but reports are coming out that the Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays might be interested in him. Um, I really, really, really don't want to see him go to the Yankees because I really like Eduardo Rodriguez. I mean, uh, Eduardo Nunez right now, um, and I have since he came and basically helped the Red Sox have the most exciting stretch of the season uh, last year. Um, what do you guys think about the possibility of him actually joining one of those divisional foes? I think that he makes a ton of sense for the Yankees because they're really their only holes right now are second base and third base. And they have Gliber Torres to fill one of them. And then Eduardo Nunez can also fill either of those positions. So he kind of feels like a perfect fit for them. Plus yeah, and he I, started there. Yeah, he is a former Yankee. He spent a long time there. I would be irrationally but, mad if he went there. I think I'd be more angry if he went to the Rays. But I despise the Rays. Anyways, that's not the point. Uh, he's also not going to cost that much money because Todd Frazier just got two years and $17 million. And Eduardo Nunez has been less consistent. He has less name value, and he's coming off a fairly severe knee injury. So I'm pretty much expecting him to get one year. And if he does get one year, the Red Sox should be all over that. Because as I've said many times, I have no idea what's going on with Dustin Pedroia. And I am a pretty big Marco Hernandez fan, but I'd feel a little bit better with Eduardo Nunez especially with all the uh, unknowns around J.D. Martinez. Wait, 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 wait. You're a Marco Hernandez fan. I thought you didn't like Marco Hernandez. He's always liked Marco Hernandez. Where have you been? Okay, hold on one. Liked Marco Hernandez and actually liked him playing innings for the Red Sox is a little bit of – those are two kind of different things. It's not. I mean, it's not ideal. He's not a guy that I want starting at second base, but he's definitely the best among the people they have. And when we're talking about prospects, you are very anti him being in the. No, top. no, 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 no. The only reason I say that he shouldn't have been on that top ten list is because he's not technically a prospect. Not because I don't not, like him. That was not the. Imp- the impression I got was that that was that was a the case and that b that he wouldn't have been there anyway. Right, oh, no, he's just because you're prospect illiterate. That's that. the only reason why you thought that. No, I I I like Marco Hernandez. He just uh, isn't technically a rookie anymore. Jake, that's violence. That's violence. <laughs> 
No, but the, the concern with Marco Hernandez is simply that he's coming off shoulder surgery, and the biggest value that Marco Hernandez presents is that he's a pretty good offensive, uh, offensively capable middle infielder, and if you know that's the swing is affected by that, and if the swing's not right, um, he's not going to be a, an acceptable baseball player because the defense is just fine. It's not it's not the reason why you have him in the field. Uh, Nunez. No, no, no. Uh, Hernandez. Oh, Hernandez, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, Nunez's defense is not fine. No. Yeah, I've, from, I think from the moment le- last summer I was driving around, and uh, as I live in the New York uh, suburbs, was listening to John Sterling and Susan Waldman, and she was calling him Nooney, and it took me a second. I was like, oh, right, yeah, he was from from there uh, he's from the yankees and uh from the after that from the moment i heard that the yankees were a possibility i've just sort of assumed he's going back yeah i kind of think he's he's gonna end up there too makes too much sense all right well that would be terrible and i hope the red sox pay him his money give him like one year's 12 million dollars give him no choice but to come back um all right so let's move on because we've spent a lot of time on these first two guys but david price has come out recently and said that he is feeling very healthy, very ready for the upcoming season, and also that he is not interested in opting out. Uh, I'm going to be the first one here to call bullshit on that, especially if David Price is feeling as healthy as he says. Say he goes out, throws 200 innings of really good David Price baseball, uh, that guy's opting out. He's not going to be back if that's the case. So I'm happy he's healthy, but he's 100% gone if he's healthy. I don't know. I think he's not being sincere when he says he's not considering opting out because, I mean, that would be stupid. Obviously, you want to leave all of your options open. But I think he genuinely wants to win over fans. I don't think he hates Boston as much as people say. And the impression I get is that the people on the team love him, and he is—he likes being on the team. I don't think he's thrilled with the media. I think some fans are way over the top with him. But I think as far as the clubhouse goes, I think he's fine in Boston. And I don't think his value is going to be that high where he's going to opt out at the end of the year. So, yeah, this statement is kind of pandering bullshit, but... I w- I'm expecting him back on the team next year. Can we call him Astro's dad? Uh, no. <laughs> no, we cannot. We could call Craig Kimbrough. Craig he's Kim- not. Kimbrough. He's not Astro's dad, so no. Yeah, he also yeah he had no part in making. No, Astros. nothing, nothing. He went to a dog breeder. Yeah, um, no, that was just super funny because he has a bunch of kids too, and he was <laughs> Astro's dad. I think he dad. has one kid, but yeah, he, that was. It was like right after his kid was born, too, and he made that his nickname. It was a little strange. <laughs> yeah, definitely strange. Uh, I think that was the worst nickname on the team. I know a couple people like that one, but that one was awful. Uh, Dirty Craig was either the best or the worst. Oh, Dirty Craig was the best. It's, the bo- it's both, but don't put another team's – like I know Astro, the fact that it's – I mean he's it's from Texas, so um, – but I don't want another team's name in the in the nickname to begin with. What, so, if, it, what if he named his dog like Yankees Bane? 
Yeah, that would be bad. That'd be very bad. That'd be awesome. Unless, unless you meant Ben. Yankees Ben. I don't know what the fuck's going on right now. <laughs> We're going off the rails, guys. All right, let's get back to it. Um, so basically you're both calling BS on uh, the fact that he is – Oh, so, okay, Brian, get in here. What are you I saying? There's there's literally no reason whatsoever to think he'd opt out um, after what we've seen this offseason. I mean, none whatsoever. Yeah, but why would he completely rule it out right now? Right. Like, he, say he – what if no, he pitched to a zero ERA for, over 30 Forget seconds. about what he's saying right now because I agree with you that it makes no sense to yeah. close off any option right now. I agree with that. Um, I mean, so he's, let me just flip that around. What do you think he could be trying to accomplish by saying that now? To get people to like him more? He does seem very concerned with that. And I don't really think that's a bad thing. I care what people think about me. I think that that's part of a reason. Like, I've always thought that David Price's um, sort of attraction to Boston and sort of um, retreat from Boston are two sides of the same coin. Like he wants to be loved. So he came here and when he is loved, he loves it. And when he's not, he hates it. Um, so I could see how that could wear on someone and how they could leave the situation. But it's, to me, that's much less interesting than sort of how he maintains it while he's here on, a month-to-month or year-to-year basis. I'm going to give you my Boston Sports Radio check-in for the for uh, for this week. So yes, I've been listening to the calls and some of the calls that have been happening in the Boston market about Belichick this week have been just comically bad. You know, just stuff about how he's a hack coach and all this stuff, and I wish he wasn't here, and they should fire him, and he's the engineer of this Jimmy Garoppolo thing, and all you know, just all this stuff coming out negative about Belichick. But at the same time, how many kids in New England over the last 18 years have been named Brady? Like, no one loves their players as much as Boston, and no one hates their players as much as Boston. So I get what you're saying, that there's, like, two sides of this coin, and David Price wanted to come here because of that side, the side that he saw when David Ortiz was getting all the love. But at the same time, like... I don't think he understood just how bad it can be on the opposite side. Well, I think he's motivated to change it, too. I think he knows that if he has a great season next year and gets the Red Sox to the playoffs and pitches well there, his reputation is going to be totally changed. And I think that's a huge motivation for him. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, he really did change the way he pitched last year. Um, and uh, he gave up a lot of home runs last year. I guess that would be sort of like his bugaboo last year. But then again, everybody did. Um, he was, I mean, he also was hurt and pitching out of the bullpen. And, really scre- and, and, and screamed at Dennis Eckersley. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's ancient history. Who among um, us has not? Yeah, who among us? Uh, the good thing about David Price is that 
And this is actually what you pay for when you pay for a David Price contract, even if you don't realize it, is that he has a baseline of talent that he's not going to go below. It is not, he's healthy, so he's not going to go out there for a year and just suck ass. Well, that, yeah. Like, his first 2016 is, like, pointed to as a bad year. He threw 230 innings with a 399 ERA, which is a 112 ERA plus. Pretty much a strikeout per inning. Two uh, two walks per nine innings. I mean, that's, that's with pretty fucking left, good, right? With three weeks left in the season, um, I was writing on Over the Monster about he was a better Cy Young candidate than Porcello. Uh, and Porcello was great in the last three months of the year, and uh, Price was uh, had some difficulty, but he was good in in 2016. Yeah, he just wasn't the like Chris Sale was the guy we were expecting last year. David Price didn't get to that level, but I mean, Price hasn't been as bad as people make him out to be either. No, and he's been he's been definitely injured, and we don't know when he started to feel that, and I think. He lost a little of that pinpoint command, but we saw last year when he was pitching out of the bullpen uh, during that stretch during the playoffs what David Price actually looks like when he has his stuff and he looks healthy. Um, and we saw that guy when he was with Toronto and we saw him when we, he was with the Rays. So um, we know that he's capable of that, and I, I think you're right. Even if he comes out next year, and he pitches to like a four ERA, but he gives them 200 innings. I mean, the the amount of pressure that that is going to take off of the rest of the pitching staff is, uh, you know, almost incalculable at this point. I think that, um, like, if people think uh, that the CC Sabathia contract for the Yankees has not been good, oh, that's a great I, contract. It's a great contract. And it could have been much better And he, if he didn't deal with substance abuse issues, which are sort of external to what happened. Um, and I think that David Price is very much on sort of the same path as that like, Sabathia deal where he's like he's, he's gonna, drinking a lot. No, no, except for that. Um, <laughs> he's going to be compiling value in a way that people are not paying attention to. I agree with that. I think he has one like really outstanding season left in him though. Is that this year? I think so. I would have I mean, I think it would have to be this year. Yeah, I mean if it, yeah, if you're going to bet on a year, the guy's he's going to be 32, so it's going to be soon. Matt, who do you think can drink more Miller Lights? You or David Price? Uh, I've never drank with David Price, and I haven't had a Miller Lite in I don't know how long, so I don't understand the question, and I'm not going to answer. <laughs> I'm going to go with David Price. All other all other things being equal, he's just a much. I assume he's a much bigger human being. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Six five two fifteen. Yeah, he's a larger person than me. Yeah, I I think he could. He could take you out and Miller Lite. Jake, drinking. Jake, what about you? Because Jake, you're a big boy. Uh, I'd give him a run for his money. I don't know. I think we could both get to about twenty before, you know, something happened. 
By the way, as we're into the nonsense now, I just want to say hello to Tom Pringle because I know you're listening. I don't know who else is, but I know you are. Hi, Tom. Uh, let's keep it stuff, going. Guys. Yeah. All right. All right. Steve Selsky. Oh! <laughs> wow, it's the good shit. Yep. All right. So he got a minor league invite today. He's going to be at spring training. Uh, I know that you're really excited about this, Brian. Why are you so excited? I mean, Steve Selsky is the perfect last player on the team because he's actually, you know, he's he's good enough to get your attention. Um, and his name is alliterative, which is like when we're getting into this, we're really, you know, really up against it. Um, he's just he's the last guy on the team and he, he's contributing and he's he's out there. I've never there's no uh, there's no downside to a Steve Selsky, but there's not always upside. And he's shown us that there's some upside. And I like that. Uh, Steve Selsky's, they need another guy in the Pawtucket lineup, pretty much. They had Danny Mars, I think, as their fourth outfielder slash DH, and now they have Steve Selsky. And that is what you need to know about Steve Selsky. All right. Well, I have no thoughts about Steve Selsky other than he's totally fine, and I'm happy he's going to be in Florida in, like, couple weeks so that's great um jake romanski catcher for the red sox organization has just been suspended for the second time uh with some sort of stimulant right uh what is it uh, amphetamines amphetamines yes some type of amphetamine we don't know what exactly that amphetamine is we just know it's the second time uh, that he has been caught with this and he was just hit with a hundred game ban um, this was not an area where the Red Sox were very deep uh, to begin with. So how is this going to affect their catcher depth? Uh, not much. Romanski was in a big mess of not great catchers with Dan Butler and Oscar Hernandez and Jordan Procession. And now they are just minus one from that group. So if J- Jake Romanski got one plate appearance in the majors something had gone pretty wrong so sucks for his career yeah it sucks for his career and i'm not really sure how he's going to come back from the second straight year starting off with suspension but as far as the red sox go it's not a huge deal all right well let's move on to the idea of the mlbpa spring training Uh, There is some talk going around that a bunch of these unsigned free agents could actually get together and have their own spring training uh, where they all are just uh, doing drills on the field and probably not getting yelled at as much and having some good good times. So do you guys actually think this has a possibility of happening? I think it is happening. Officially? I I think. I, I mean, what if between now and, I don't know, a week from now, a few of these guys sign? No, 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 they they announced it's happening. I think that they what they were worried about was that all these guys have personal like personal trainers and, you know, almost certainly the better they are and the wealthier they are, the the more of a support structure they have that they wouldn't bother. But no, it's happening. Definitely. Starting on Tuesday at the IMG Academy. 
Florida. Oh, that's out in Arizona, right? Florida. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. IMG is where, um, what's his name? The draft pick that I like is from. Uh, Sheriff? Not Sheriff. Uh, the, the big kid, the big outfielder. What? I don't know. I know IMG Academy. I know somebody, a number one pick was recent. Recent number one pick went there, but I don't know who you're talking about. I'll figure it Anyways, out. Anyways, yeah, that's uh, that's Can happening. You guys I believe th- that we're gonna have stuff to talk about and like. Yeah, I'm so excited for things it's to talk amazing. about. Amazing. Brutal. I am pretty fascinated. Tyler Esplin. Tyler Esplin. Okay. Tyler Esplin went to IMG Plan? Academy. Tyler Mann. Yeah, that's basically Plan. just a baseball factory. Yeah. But oh I'm God. pretty fascinated by this. I'm mostly fascinated by who's gonna show up. Because it's this weird line you have to draw between actually working out like without out of your comfort zone and risking an injury, but also showing that you're working out and kind of being in this more public area. So I don't really know how I'd balance that out if I was a player, but Boris has said that his clients can go, but it seems like most of them won't which kind of takes some of the fun away because he has all the fun players. But I'm pretty interested for like the first two days, and then it's probably going to be just as boring as any other spring training camp. Um, do you think Rafael Palmero will attend? Oh, God, I forgot about him. Uh, he might. <laughs> Why not? He's a free agent, right? I guess so. <laughs> so am I. Would I you have go. more or less interest if Rafael Palmero? Was there working out next to J.D. Martinez or you Darvish or something? Uh, Rafael Primero has no effect on the interest I have in anything in life. Ryan, I feel like you'd be interested in this storyline. Because I'm old? Yeah, because you're old and you like things that are old and familiar to you. I didn't like Rafael Primero when he played, and uh, I don't like him now. I uh, respected him because he's good as hell. But uh, uh, no, nah, let's move on. <laughs> All right. Let's get to some Next. listener questions here. Yeah, baby. First one comes from John Aubin, uh, a friend of mine, actually. Uh, and he says, um, will Erod finally break out? Will Erod break out? So what do you guys think? It's kind of a tough year for him to break out coming off of knee stabilization but he says he feels a lot better and we saw him perform excellently uh, for stretches over the last two years so what do you guys think i'm feeling it i have been i started out lower than pretty much anyone on rodriguez and every year i've gotten more and more confident and he really impressed me last year the thing about Rodriguez is that he never has confidence in three pitches at once. But last year, more than ever, it felt like he did. And if that knee is really healthy, I think that kind of played a role in him not always being comfortable. So if that's healthy again, and he can start throwing that slider and that changeup to go with his fastball, uh, he's pretty special. I yeah. think he's going to be one of the best fourth starters in baseball this year. Brian, what do you think? You know, I, I think about him recently, um, and he, uh, what he's doing reminds me 
of what Lester did uh, when he was younger. And that would be a best case scenario career, I think. And that's perfectly acceptable. I mean, John Lester is good as hell. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, I'm not, I don't know if I'm sold as much on this year, but I would bet a lot that it would be one of the next two. Like, uh, I, it's going to, I agree that it's going to happen. I just don't know if given the uncertainty around his, uh, status this year, whether this will actually be it, but he's young, he's super young too. So that even if nothing happened this year, he'd next year would be his age 25 or 26 season, 26, I believe. Uh, so I, I don't think, think he's going to miss so much time. Yeah. yeah that's like, what they like, say, but you know, with him, it's always longer than you think. Yeah. I mean, I know this is contradicting what I've said about Pedroia for the last few weeks, but but Pedro is uh, also 11 years older. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's the age thing is different. I I'm kind of expecting Rodriguez to miss three or four weeks of the season, be back by end of April, early May. Jake, I've been all these ages now, so I know what they're like. <laughs> I so I I actually think that he's going to end up missing like two months of the season. I think it's going to take longer than we actually think for him to be back to full health and have full confidence in the knee. Um, so I actually don't believe that the breakout will come fully until next season. Um, I'm with you guys on the stuff. I think the changeup is unique. Um, his fastball velocity is among the best uh, amongst left-handed starters in the game. Uh, there's a whole lot to like about him. His slider's great when it's on. Um, he's awesome, but I just think that it's going to happen next year. So I'm, I'm fully on board with the breakout, just not this season. Um, I mean, that's basically what I said, so I'm, I'm into what you said. Agreed. Uh, Eamon Allen Duco asks us, uh, there was a point where Puig Bradley trade was offered. I'm a huge fan of JBJ, so I'm glad it didn't happen, but they were looking for power. I can't believe they turned their noses up at Puig. Were either of you guys surprised that the Red Sox didn't want any part of this transaction? No. Uh, I'm trying to look up. Puig is under control for how much longer? I think two I know it's seasons, less this and next year. So a year less than Bradley. Yeah. And the thing that is most frustrating about Jackie Bradley is that he is inconsistent and streaky at the plate. And Yasiel Puig is also inconsistent and streaky at the plate. Puig has more upside offensively, but he also doesn't have the baseline defense. So I don't I, I like Puig, but I don't think I would trade Bradley for him. Actually, Puig is up after this season. Just look that right now. So. Yeah. No, he's up after 2019. You were right. Huh. I'm seeing conflicting things then. Um. All right. So, I am not surprised that they turned their noses up at Puig here. Um. I think Jackie Bradley is clearly the better defender. Um. They're both streaky, but Puig is a knucklehead. I mean, he's gotten in trouble a bunch of times. He's not a great clubhouse guy. Uh, you know, say what you want about Jackie Bradley, but he has been nothing short of awesome uh, in every sense of any measurement you could have uh, while he's been in Boston. So um, 
I think you definitely stick with that guy. He's, he's just a safer play overall. Yeah, it's been pretty interesting to see. I mean, he's been connected to Puig and Encarnacion so far, and the Red Sox have said no to both, which makes me feel pretty good that they value Bradley because I like Bradley a lot. Yeah, definitely. Brian, any thoughts on that? I was uh, trying to open my beer and I spilled it. Um, so I had a lot of thoughts and then I couldn't say them. Um, I uh, No, I, I don't really have a lot of thoughts. I don't think that Puig... You know, Puig is one of these guys that is uh, for what for reasons imagined and very real uh, has a mark on them and whatever you can say about JBJ that is that does not describe him whatsoever it's sort of the exact opposite and uh, I'm not I would be shocked if the Red Sox traded for Yasiel Puig for anyone, let alone Jack Bradley Jr. Even if they had a great deal, I'd be surprised if they did it. They don't need that potential headache. Well, I don't... It's less that. I think it would be... I think they think that they don't need that potential headache. My personal take is not the same as yours, Jake, who... Like, I'm... I'm not saying you have fascist tendencies with baseball, but I'm not not saying it. Um, Is that, I mean, Yasiel Puig is good as hell uh, when he's good, but he's not always good. He's not always Um, on the field. He's not always on the field. I I don't, I definitely think that the the Jackie Bradley Jr. is a better fit for what they have now. But at the same time, I also totally understand, as Matt was talking about, uh, and as I've written about, that he is the most obvious trade shit they have. So all of these things are true. That's, I just think that a Puig-Bradley thing is just not going to happen. There's no point for the Red Sox to make it. Yeah, if they're going to trade an outfielder, Bradley's the guy to trade. But I don't know don't why trade they would trade him for – Yeah, exactly. I don't. They wouldn't trade for another outfielder. It doesn't really make sense. Especially, I don't think would trade for a volatile asset. And I know that maybe I'm overplaying the volatility here a little bit, but I just I, I think they'd want something as safe as Jackie Bradley Jr. is, even when he is cold at the plate. He's bankable. Sort of a, Bradley's also sort of he's either he's either a totally stable asset in that you just sort of average all the hitting out. Or he's a volatile asset because he's either hitting everything or nothing. Well, right. he has but a even when he's nice hitting baseline nothing. because of the defense. Exactly, yeah. But he is pretty volatile overall. He's either like a solid average player or he's bananas good. Yeah, he's Mike But Trout he's never like below average. All right, so let's, uh, let's go to our next question here. Jake Kostick asks us, more serious question, I guess since you asked nicely, with J.D. Martinez looking less likely, should the Sox look into the starting pitcher market and go for run prevention and pray the current bats rebound? If so, what pitchers are they most likely to acquire? 
Uh, Matt, this is definitely up your alley. You've written about this before. Who do you think would be a likely target if they do decide that J.D. Martinez isn't going to happen? I think if you're going to do this, you have to go you Darvish. I mean, I don't think they need more back of the rotation help. They have Rodriguez, they have Wright, they have Porcello, they have Brian Johnson, they have Hector Velasquez, they have Jalen Beeks. They have guys to fill out the back of the rotation. You could make an argument for Alex Cobb. I don't really think he's as good as other people do. And I'm not a huge Arietta fan either. So I think if you... I think it's really interesting to go with pitching instead of J.D. Martinez and just like completely zag away from the market or away from the way the league is trending right now. But I don't think it's going to happen. That being said, I think you Darvish would be pretty sick in the Red Sox rotation. So I'm going to ask you a quick question. Who are the four best pitchers in baseball? Oh, Jesus. Uh, Kershaw, Sale, Kluver, and Scherzer. Yep. Right. So over the last three years, those guys are number one, two, three, and four in baseball in terms of uh, Fangraph's war. Number five on that list is Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta is a workhorse. There's a lot to like about him. I know he had a down year last year, but I would actually prefer the Red Sox if they're going to go pitching to go after Jake Arrieta instead of you, Darvish. Uh, okay. I don't really think I would use Fangraph's war. Pitching war to argue anything. He also pitched 168 innings last year and had 2.4 Fangraph's war. So he accumulated a lot of that war before. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any question that Darvish has more upside than Arietta. I'm looking at Arietta's Fangraph page right now, and I actually like him less than I did before you brought up your point. <laughs> How about you, Brian? Where are you at with that was, this? That was fantastic that Jake wanted <laughs> to just jump in here and be like, I'm I'm the smart guy. And Matt was like, no, you're not. Um, I uh, Either one would be fine, honestly. TBH, um, it's not, you know, at this point where we're talking about, you know, we're talking about half an hour ago, maybe they don't get JD and they just pack it in. So they didn't get JD and just pack it in. And if you said to me, Oh, we still got, and it was you Darvish or Jake Arrieta. I'd be like, Oh, that that's good. So I'm not worried about, um, distinguishing between players who are still, far, far above replacement level um, who we might be able to sign, we, who the Red Sox might be able to sign, simply by virtue of being the Red Sox. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset with Jake Arrieta. And also, like I said, this none of this is going to happen. No. I have zero expectation that they're going to sign a big-time starting pitcher. Who do you think is going to sign Arrieta? Because that I don't know. The Brewers. Yeah, I, the Brewers or the Cubs probably. Yeah, Man, if, if the, the Cubs if, don't sign Darvish, they'll sign Arietta. You know, for how we've been talking about Jake Arietta in the last two minutes, if the Brewers did sign him, it's interesting. 
It's really interesting. And Brewers are fun. Away from the Cubs. Interesting. And they have Mauricio Dubon, so let's not forget that. All right, so our next question comes from Especially Confused, and he says, how salty is J.D. Martinez right now? We discussed that quite a bit, about how salty he is. I don't think very salty at all. Yeah, it's all... You, I think you made this point. It's all posturing. It's all negotiating. And it's all really annoying that it's happening through the media because we have to talk about it. All right. Last question of the night comes from Eamon Allen Ducot again, and he asks us, uh, is M- M- Mike Moustakis as an insurance pickup uh, basically an option if J.D. Martinez does not sign with us? Say he signs. Oh, there I go. I did it too. Just as we were about to end the night, I said us. Um, if J.D. Martinez does sign with Arizona, would the Red Sox have any interest in going after Mike Moustakis and putting um, Devers at first? I kind of hate this idea. What do you guys think? It makes, it makes no sense to me. I don't know why you would sign Mitch Moreland to a two-year contract and then turn around and move Rafael Devers to his position. So... If they were going to DH Devers, but even then, I don't know why you would spend a year DHing your best, youngest asset. So I like Moustakis more than I think a lot of people do, but I don't think he makes any sense to the Red Sox. Joiner, you alive over there? Yeah, I'm alive, Jake. I'm alive. Look, if people made it this far... They deserve to know I'm alive. Um, no, I, I I agree. I just want to say that I, first of all, I don't know if it's his name is Amen. You and Phonics are just not the best pair. But uh, I believe it's Amen or Amen. He's uh, he's a great uh, Twitter guy. Much respect. Uh, but I'm with Matt. I don't know where Moustakis fits at this point. I, I, I the only thing I'll say is that there there is something to be said for you know you don't know what you know until you know it and that the Red Sox might not know that they had a better option at first than Mitch Moreland until after they signed Mitch Moreland but by far more likely the scenario is that having signed Mitch Moreland they're not looking to sign another corner infielder uh, in the event that they don't get Janie Martinez. Quit, here's my quick question to you guys. And I wrote about this and I don't have a good answer for it. If they don't sign anyone this offseason, do you think they're in on both Harper and Machado? Both? Definitely either, one. Like either one. Like oh, yeah. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way the Red Sox are sitting out next year's. Even if they sign JD Martinez, there's no way they're sitting out next year's. They're market. gonna be on. They're gonna be on everyone they can be. They better be. Guys, I I think that I haven't stopped thinking about the fact that Matt hasn't ever tried a Miller Lite for like the last 25 minutes. I didn't say I'd never tried a Miller Lite. I said I haven't had one in a while. How long has it been? I don't know, Jake. Probably like college, so I graduated in 2013. So do the math: four or five years. Oh my God, Jake! When did you graduate? College? Yeah. 2009. That's when I graduated high school. You old, old people. 
Jake, when did I graduate college? Uh, you didn't. Oh, uh, that's no, I not. Have no idea. Um, two thousand, buddy. Two thousand. Oh, I was close. On 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 the dot. Wow. Did you have a Y two K party? We were, no, I was a little worried. <laughs> I was a little right. worried. Um, you didn't know. You didn't know. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up before it gets out of hand any more than it already has. Um, guys, uh, we have gotten some reviews from you. Uh, most of you have given us five stars, so we appreciate that. Don't and review we, us after this one. Yeah, don't don't base it off of this show, please. We are ex- literally scraping the bottom of the barrel for material right now. So, um, yeah, hopefully some news breaks and this podcast will get infinitely better. We will also have lots of guests on as the year starts. So if you're a new listener to us, it's not always us lunatics just hanging out together talking about nothing. Um, anyhow. Jake, of course news is going to break. The baseball season is starting yeah, now. Yeah. Just, <laughs> you're, you're, you're screwing up my, my spiel here. All right. So for everybody That's who did like That's what I'm it, here for. Go out, subscribe to the show, listen to us, rate and review us, give us five stars, even though you have to listen to Brian Joyner on here. Um, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Brian on Twitter at, at Brian Joyner, Brian with a Y. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt R.Y. Collins. You can follow myself on Twitter at, at @devjake, and more importantly than all of us here, you can follow the Over the Monster Twitter account, which is basically the best place to get any Red Sox news. Um, so do all of those things. Thank you for listening to us, and we will be with you next week for as news breaks. <laughs>